You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome to another Phys Ed Podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day, evening, or wherever you are. And I've uh, got to say, today is an interesting chat all about the science of sound. See, we're hanging out with Victor Mincis, who's from the Department of Cognitive Science at the University of California. And what he really does and loves and is passionate about is getting kids into understanding how sound truly works. And he's gone about setting up this really amazing site, listeningtowaves.com, which is a project sponsored by the National Science Foundation, which is really there to help inspire students to develop a truly deep appreciation of both science and sound. And I've got to say, chatting with Victor was fantastic. It was recorded only a little while ago, and I've got to say, it is well worth your time, and you're going to find out why during the chat. So if you love your sound, if you love your science, and if you want to know how he got to involved in connecting science with an orchestra, seriously, <laughs> he did that too, uh, it is well worth checking this out. So I uh, hope you enjoy this chat. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm really happy you've reached out um, because... You do some interesting stuff. <laughs> so if, if I figure rather than me uh, introducing, and I feel like you would be the best person to describe what you do and how you do it. So Victor, tell us a bit about what you do and um, what you've created. So I do many things. It's sometimes hard to, um, to know where to start. But what I'm liking the most these days is my education program. So I come from, um, I'm actually come, when I finished high school, I started studying fine arts because I really loved art. And then I got really interested in physics because I felt it was giving me a, a really strong mental challenge that I needed at those times. Then I went to neuroscience, um, using physics to understand neuroscience. Then I started working on the cognitive science of music because I love music and also because I thought it was a good way to help society understanding the role of music in education. And through that, I started sort of informally teaching students in the school that I was working at um, about the science of music. And the students loved it so much that I really felt that it was the most important thing that I had done in my career. So I turned that into my main um, into my, my main objective, my main day-to-day -day activity. Um, and I am funded, I was very lucky to get funding from the National Science Foundation. So now I do this every day. And uh, my program, the goal of my program is to sort of create a sense of wonder in kids when they understand the science of sound. Sound is everywhere and we don't, we perceive it, but we don't think about it. We don't know what it is. But when you start understanding it, which happened to me when I was studying physics, when I, when I started seeing sound as a wave, it really blew my mind because I could see waves all over the place. And instead of just hearing a sound, I would, I would hear a sound and, and that would make me think, okay, how is that object vibrating? Yeah. So, um, and, and that also opens the door to actually create vibrating things. 
So that might be creating electronic music using a lot of uh, signal processing, if you understand how to play with signals, but also create musical instruments. If you understand how things vibrate, you can set them up in a way that they vibrate just the way you want. And you can make some crazy musical instruments, which is another thing that I like doing by, both by myself and with the students. I must say, it sounds like you, you've, uh, you've clearly fallen into a place where you really just get to play now, which is fantastic. It's, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Yes. <laughs> no, it's awesome. I was actually just thinking, I mean, we run a, um, a program uh, uh, here at work uh, where we do, it's called Science of Sound, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, wow. and uh, uh, getting into it, I mean, it just got me thinking as people are listening into this, if you want, I mean, if you, th- if you run it through your speakers, um, we could play different sounds. And if you go on to, there's another, there's, there's a free app, a virtual oscilloscope, where you can actually watch the waveforms do their things. And there can be lots so, of So one of the tools, so I, I do two things in my work. One is, or I, or I started going to schools and doing a lot with physical objects, mm-hmm. but um, but I found that that was really great for the few amount of students that I could reach. But I wanted to really make a big difference. I needed to reach many students through the web. And for that, we created three um, web applications, which are really beautiful. And one of them is an oscilloscope. Awesome. But yeah, but it is, um, it is a little different than other oscilloscopes in that on the one hand, it's really easy to use and change scales and do a bunch of things that oscilloscopes do. But also we we changed it so people could also playfully interact with the sound that they visualize. So they they did not, you cannot only visualize the sound, but you're actually recording the sound and you can either play it back, but you can also create loops. You can stretch it, compress it, reverse it and uh and add some other effects so it's it's an oscilloscope but also gives you a chance to to play that's awesome it's been it's been a lot of ways that this is a uh it's, it's an audio medium i suppose we're seeing we're doing sound probably an audio medium makes sense for what we're doing but of course i mean um we could always check that and um definitely go onto your site and, and see all those tools uh that would be really handy because i must say like i mean we often run that for younger kids uh, and we look at um, you know, frequency and amplitude and the you know, what they're actually hearing and all that sort of thing. And when you kind of think about it, it's not that actually at a simplistic level, there's not too much going on with sound. But then again, if you dig a little deeper, it gets a little complex, especially when say waves start to interact and interfere and do all the things that they do, exactly, especially when yeah. you go into high school. So I guess I want to ask you, I mean, you, I'm, I'm, I can hear that you teach the gamut. You've got a whole, range of kids that you'll be teaching that using the tools i mean what are some of the challenges that students have when they're trying to get their head around how sound truly works i think the best challenge the students have is the same challenge that teachers have uh, which is that they what needs to be taught is these standards and the standards are a bit wrong and they are also, um, they don't focus on something that is very like everyday, you know? Um, they, for example, one of the standards is uh, wavelength, which everyone has, a, has trouble with wavelength. And the reason people have trouble is because you cannot really see it. Whereas there's 
so many other things related to sound that are super important, equally important, maybe more important than, than that, that, that you can really perceive. Um, so, and, and I try to focus on those things, although I have some contents for teachers that include information about wavelengths, but if, if people could just focus on the stuff that is fun and meaningful, I think it would be much easier for everyone. Yeah. I mean, must say, I mean, seeing you mentioned fun, uh, probably the most, the two fun things that we often, we love to do. One thing that works a treat is called a, a, a someone's going to yell at me because I'm going to say the wrong thing. It's called a Cladney plate. I never say it quite right. Yeah. C-H-L-A-D-N-I. You're nodding away. Yes, yes, yes. That is really cool with a violin bow. And then, and then show videos of cornflower slime. So Ublek bouncing around on, 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 you know, on different frequencies and it looks awesome. Um, I mean, so what are some of the fun things that you use for, uh, for the kids? Um, so, for the, so I really recommend the, 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 these web applications. I think they're, they're fun themselves beyond the oscilloscope. Um, and they're, they are free. Um, so anybody with a computer can use them. Um, beyond the oscilloscope, I have a spectrogram tool. And the spectrogram tool allows you to decompose the frequencies of the sound because any, any sound is actually a chord. Yep. So any sound is made of many frequencies, not just one single frequency. And, and um, um, a spectrogram allows you to see what are the frequencies that compose every sound. And like in the case of the oscilloscope, we modify the spectrogram so people could also interact playfully with it. So if you have touchscreen, for example, especially a computer in, in the phones, it doesn't work as good yet because the screen is too small. Um, but it really turns your computer into a harp. So you can actually choose a, a musical scale. You can actually create a musical scale and then you will slide your fingers through your computer and you will, and you will hear the music. So it's like, I, I like to set it to a blue scale and I put uh, the Rolling Stones in the background and I play and I feel like I am Stevie Ray Vaughan with like five hands, you know? Yeah. Because each, of, each one of your fingers is, is playing a different note and it just feels so good. That's really cool. And really good for kids to visualize too. I mean, that's what Spectra games do. I mean, it's, it's, it's really awesome. Um, I just was just thinking that, I mean, one of the things that I, I, I noted is that you work with uh, young underrepresented students um, and, and that's really cool. I mean, could you tell us a bit about how, how you've been doing that and what you've, what, what's, you know, the outcomes of that work? So, um, when I, when I started this, I, I was not specifically thinking of working with underrepresented students. I actually, I just wanted to do something fun, you know, <laughs> for me, which was kind of selfish. Um, but then um, I'm, I'm lucky that, um, and this is important, the National Science Foundation puts a lot of stress in, in reaching those populations. So in order to get a grant, I had to do research and I had to un understand, or uh, and I had to create a network to reach this population. Yeah. Um, and through doing that, I realized that that is actually the most important thing to do. And now I wouldn't even think of doing it with kids that are already, um, that are already have a, a school with lots of resources, you know? Yeah. Um, and parents with lots of time and with a, 
uh, college education to help them out, you know. So I, I do enjoy um, working with underrepresented populations. Um, and um, the results I got were great. Um, a, a little bit, for a little bit of background, I don't know how things are in Australia, but in the US, it is typical that underrepresented populations not only don't have access to lots of resources, for example, schools don't have much money for buying materials for hands-on experiments, uh, but there's also, uh, there's also this idea that they might have low self-efficacy, which means that they cannot see themselves as scientists or engineers. Um, and and with, because there's this idea that a scientist is a is a rich white person, for example. Yes, actually, I think I've mentioned oh, this on the yeah. podcast before. I mean, I double dare everyone. If you're listening now, ask if you've got a kid nearby. Right, get them to draw a scientist. I absolutely guarantee it'll be an old white man with crazy hair. Exactly. Though, I, you know what, I can't guarantee anymore because there has been a shift. Some kids are starting. Like, what's really, really cool is that some young girls are now drawing a, a, a female scientist, which is really shouldn't be say female scientist. You just say just a scientist because they're a scientist regardless of the gender. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But so the um, the kids now will draw like girls or boys or whoever they feel is a scientist. But that is very much true about you know who they think. And it honestly, it's it still does pervade. I ran that activity only yesterday with some grade seven students and yeah. they were all boys. And guess what? I didn't see a single girl drawn and yeah. they're all white, all white, they're all done in white. And yet the group I was with, most of those kids were a variety of different um, backgrounds. So it was very, yeah. very clear that this, that, that still pervades for sure. So when, when I interact with, with the kids, um, well, first of all, I am Latino. Um, I am from Argentina and I do speak Spanish. So I've been working mostly in schools that are like 95% uh, Mexican. It's actually right across the border. You can almost walk to Mexico in the schools that I, I work at. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I myself provide a role model of some somebody that is a scientist and is Latino. But also in the activities that we do or that, or that we've done in these schools, um, in these activities, the, they're very hands-on, and I actually do things that invite the students to, to investigate. And investigate is not just, it's not a cold thing. What I do is I, I present a really amazing sound experience, a surprising sound experience. Um, and I, I can give you some examples later, or you sure. can watch some videos uh, in my website. And uh, they go like, whoa. And when they, when they go like that, their eyes, you know, turn big. And then they want to figure out how that works. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, for example, one, one that I, I really like is, um, it's actually hard to, it's hard to describe, it's hard to describe verbally because it's so experiential. But basically, if you grab a metal pipe and you hold it on the top and you, and you hit it with a mallet, it doesn't do any cool sound it just goes like blank but if you hold it at uh 22.5 of the length uh. you're grabbing a node a vibrational node um which are very these magic points and uh and then if you 
if you hit the pipe, it will make a super long, beautiful uh, sound. Oh, that reminds me. We use a screaming rod demonstration. So aluminium rods, and we rub. Uh, we put uh, rosin all over our fingers. Yeah. We hold the rod and we rub it. Uh, so we hold mm-hmm. it right exactly at the node. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Exactly. And it's just light and just don't touch the end so the end can actually vibrate. And you can build up, you know, it's superposition. It gets louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and yeah. it screams. And then you can yeah. try and go up an octave. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I like that yeah. idea. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, that one is fun too. Um, so, so the kids, after I do that, I give the pipes to the kids and I'm like, okay, you figure out how to do it. I don't tell them how to do it. I'm like, you figure it out. So the kids get kind of obsessed trying to figure it out. So I do activities that sort of, for for me doing science is not um, like reading science textbooks. It's more like feeling that that sensation of, I want to find out how this works, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know what, I mean, I, I do a bunch of things in, in the schools. I don't know which one of all the things is more important. I think it's the, it's the, it's the holistic approach. Yes. Um, but it does change the perception that students have about scientists, sorry, about science and about themselves as scientists. So it increases their self-efficacy and they and they love the they love the science experience in, according to the surveys oh, that's fantastic and you're right it, it's never going to be one visit three visits 10 visits i mean education lasts for years for good reason in fact education shouldn't stop <laughs> that's very much how it should be uh but the yeah. um yeah it, and it's not just one angle so here is my Okay, here is my wave demonstrator, and now you know waves, and you walk away, and they should know it. No, they're not. They're never going to know it that way. You got to do it lots of different ways. No, I totally agree. I'm actually just thinking, um, considering your work with underrepresented students and the schools, and we do know about the resourcing problem because it's very real. I mean, people listening in, we got people all over the world that listen to this, and um, from a variety of different um, socioeconomic backgrounds for their schools because not everyone teaches at a high end school; they're teaching a low end school or anything in between in terms of resourcing. So if people were listening to this and they go, you know what, I need to, I want to get hands on with something that doesn't cost me the fortune fortune because they personally have to fund. They've got to buy the materials themselves because the school won't pay for it because this happens. I mean, what are some of the things that, I mean, I've got a couple of things in my head, but what are some of the things that you'd suggest if they're going to investigate sound, but not going to cost them the earth, what would you suggest them to try out? I mean, obviously what's on your side, but yeah, what else? Well, exactly. So the the web the web applications um, also have um, uh, lesson plans that were made with the San Diego County Office of Education uh, curriculum developing experts. So they, they can actually spend a lot of time um, playing with the web applications for sure, yeah. um, and learn a lot about sound by playing with them. Um, and uh, other than that, if it's about um, doing things with physical objects, I think it'd be good to um, do activities that sort of stimulate kids to listen more, you know? Yeah. For example, some homework, you, when you go around your life in the next week, in the next couple of days, try to see if you can find sounds that have a clear musical note and what objects were those. And then Maybe you can bring them over and you can think, okay, how, how, how is this object vibrating? Anything that is creating musical instruments, I think is, is super fun for the kids and invite them to think 
how objects vibrate and how how sound is created you know how why do we perceive sound like that i like that especially i mean especially these days with maker headspace like making a thing is great for kids and challenging and saying right so here's the fancy instrument might be a guitar might be a flute it doesn't matter Righto. So here's a pile of materials that make no sense. See if you can make this stuff make sense so it can get close to making a note so kids can make their own guitar. They can do these sorts of things and they have a lot of fun with it. It even reminds me, you don't even need materials. Um, I mean, righto, if you're listening to this, uh, pull out a headphone if you have a headphone in one of your ears, uh, stick your finger up in the air, tap your elbow. Nothing happens, right? Now put your finger in your ear. Now the sound changes because the sound transfers differently because it's traveling through different medium. We don't need expensive stuff to at least yeah. start the beginnings of it i mean i mean even you can even talk about kit to kids that might have a bath and you say right i tap the side of the bath now put your head under the water and tap the tap you'll hear a difference again we're hearing a transfer of sound difference and so yeah. that brings up a conversation about honestly the, the what matter is made of it's a, yeah good. totally yeah there's super simple things even if you if you grab a well, first of all, most people didn't do this, but you can grab your throat and say, ah, uh, <laughs> and you'll feel the vibration in your fingers, which invites people to, you can invite kids to think, okay, why, what is making your fingers vibrate? Yep. Um, and then um, you can have, you can have uh, people yelling in a, in a piece of paper, grab, grabbing it with their fingers. And when you yell, oh, <laughs> without touching the piece of paper you still feel the vibration in your fingers so you're I like that invite them to think okay how why is the how is the vibration going from my vocal cords to my fingers so they it has to make the air vibrate it has to make the the paper vibrate you know well that actually reminds me when well, you're holding the paper in front of your face doing that it does remind me of being at a concert and you got the speakers turned right up and you can feel the thump you can feel the compression wave coming at you and so it actually reminds me of like that there are opportunities to have misconceptions for sound because we often think of it as a simple wave going up down up down up down and that's about it but there's a heap of different forms of waves <laughs> and it, it's trying to get your, your kids head around how it all works can be um potentially challenging and i, I kind of wonder from a visualization point of view for sound waves um we sometimes use light we actually do light. We talk about light and light waves because in a lot of ways, the principles are the same. Um, what? Are, but sometimes they're not. What are your thoughts around meshing other concepts to be able to teach sound in a way that works? Sorry, meshing other concepts? Yeah, like so light. like when you sort of go, like if I show, for example, my brain went to um, uh, bubble interference patterns. So if I have um, a light going onto a bubble, you then see rainbow concentric rings going around the bubble yeah. and you can, you're seeing uh, interference of wave of light, wavelengths of light. Yeah. And so perhaps is that useful to then talk about what happens when you play sound waves at each other? Yeah. So actually you could do that. You could do, um, if you have two speakers playing the same volume, yeah. um, you could walk around the room and hear those interference patterns. Yeah. Um, I think, by the time you get to do that, the students should have a really, 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 really good understanding of um, of what is frequency and yeah. what is volume um, and how a single source, one, one only speaker, uh, transmits the sound in the air. Once they have that knowledge, 
I think they're ready to go to the next step. Yeah, but that makes sense. That is actually already quite a lot of knowledge. Um, so I'm thinking this is like an advanced, super motivated student in high school. Before yeah. that, there's so many, so many uh, other fun, uh, engaging things to do with sound that don't involve these spatial properties. I oh, think they're totally. fascinating. But, but I'm a, I'm a nerd. I studied physics, you know. Yeah, you're 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 a, you're a researcher at the University of California. Like this is what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I mean, honestly, even just simple things like met like a metal coat hanger, tie some strings to it, tap it onto the table while holding the strings. Then put this, yeah. wrap the string around your fingers and put your fingers yeah. in your ears. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. yeah. Those, you know, there's so many experiences like that. And, you know, making musical instruments, cutting pipes at different lengths yeah. and making a telephone. It's, yes. It's beautiful. It's, it sounds beautiful. Kids are super happy to do it. And they need, they also need to do stuff with their hands. And it is great to have an experience in which they are integrating, doing stuff with their hands and with their ears and in a, in a science class, you know? You know what? Uh, there's actually an opportunity for cultural uh, exchange too around when you're making instruments for sure. And it just got me thinking as you described the xylophone made out of pipes. Um, all right. So you're in America and you're from Argentina. I'm in Australia. So we're going to often say different words for the same thing. Um, so, uh, so you're in America, you know, flip-flops. We put them on our feet. We walk them around Australia. I'm sorry. We, we, we're a bit strange. We call them thongs. Now where I'm going with this. So you imagine you're your xylophone. You've got your pipes at different heights, different lengths, and they're all strapped together. If you grab your flip flop, a thong for down here, or if, it, if our New Zealand listeners, yes, I know about your jandals. I know about those two. So whatever you got, uh, you hit the top of the open pipe with your flip-flop, with your thong, and you get nice, good sounds. Um, yeah. but, the, but the fact that I was able to talk about from a cultural point of view, now we can actually talk about, well, right, oh, well, what are some cool instruments in Argentina? What are some cool ones that happen in Western United States or in Australia? Right. And that's a great, yeah. great conversation. Totally. So the connections between sound and culture, uh, and sorry, uh, sound and music and culture are infinite. And a longer term of mine is to add to my website, not only the connections of music with science, but of music with culture. And the connection is on the one hand through the musical instruments that people use around the world and how they use them, but also the different musical scales uh, that people use around the world. And you can actually try it with a, with a musical spectrogram. Uh, you, can, you can play blues and just by you, you can choose a blue scale and just by choosing five notes, five frequencies out of the infinite frequencies that are there, you get the feeling of blues music. That's cool. Yeah. And then you change, you change uh, to a different scale and you have this music that it might sound familiar, that it sounds a little bit like flamenco or Middle Eastern, you know, so different cultures have sort of different scales different set of frequencies that they like the most um which i find fascinating well one of the things i thought was fantastic on your site and seriously guys go to listening to waves.com so listening to waves.com go to forward slash media and you'll see victor with the san diego symphony wow that's one way to demonstrate waves how did that, how did that come about um, they contacted me, they knew about my work and, and they contacted me. So they, uh, some, um, anonymous donor, 
um, um, organized or asked the symphony to organize a set of concert for kids. And the concerts um, were were uh, educational. So it was like, the, it was sort of a way to tell kids what is an orchestra, what instruments are there. And they were playing beautiful pieces. Actually, some, some pieces are made specifically for that. They're, they have a narrator and they say, and this is the uh, brass section and then the brass section plays, you know? So yeah. beautiful pieces. So it was, a, it was packed with kids. Uh, we made, um, we had 6,000 kids total. And in between pieces, um, myself and somebody from the, the Fleet Science Center, which is a great uh, science museum in San Diego, uh, gave little little snippets about the science of sound. Um, the cladding plate was one of those. That that was really fun. Um, I love yeah. that. It's so really cool. So um, I'm just wondering that if people listening in, going righto. So what can I do? What 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 can I do to start doing? You know, helping kids uh, understand sound more. So I'm just going to ask you that just straight. So if you had a bunch of teachers to say in front of you. And they were going, righto, what are some simple takeaways I can take away to my class to start teaching sound in a meaningful way? What would you say would be the first steps to help kids to not just learn it, but appreciate it? Yeah. So the very first step is to appreciate it yourself. Fair enough. For which, for which you have to you have to know that you can play with sound, that you can compare different sounds, that you can pay attention to how things vibrate and how they they make sounds. And what you, once you yourself found that like that playful vein, you can transmit that emotion to others because you cannot really, I don't think you can, you can instill in others an emotion that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And... and and use my website. Yes. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like the, the, the site is packed with stuff. So yeah. seriously, go to li- listening to waves.com. And, and uh, it's, it's just going to keep growing by the way, by the look of it too. And I yeah. love the use that you've got the tools to actually use. So not just here, go get these materials together and go do a science experiment in your class. You've got the tools embedded on your site. Yeah. So the tools, I, I developed the tools with my yeah. team. So I, I also, um, Listen, if you somebody wants to uh, send me suggestions of how to improve them, I'll be happy to hear them. Uh, they do need a lot of improvements. For using the tools, uh, people should go to the uh, tab that says sound exploration. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And there's a bunch of other stuff. So I'm guessing people can get in touch with you through, that, through your website, but I mean, you might be on other different places. Is there any other way that people can get in touch with you? Um, I think that the contact, uh, yeah, there's there's a contact uh, link on my website. That, that's ideal. Easiest way. So what we'll do is, as normal, we put the information in the show notes. And we always write uh, a blog article regarding for all of our podcasts, by the way. And what I'll do is we'll, we'll sort of just put you know, for some excerpts of some of those videos of what you've done. There's actually, so if, if people go on our site, they can see exactly what you've been getting up to and then head on over to your site because yeah, it's cool. Would, I like it. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. No worries. Well, um, Victor, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the podcast. I think um, it's really quite fascinating just which way, the different ways of communicating science. I love that you hooked up with an orchestra. 
And I love that you've been working with kids who are in disadvantaged areas and making it real and useful for them. That's really, really important. And you developed some tools that people can use all over the globe. So you, you, it's really cool. Well done. Yeah. Hit me up any, if you have any question uh, for, for your own program, I'd be happy to, uh, to chat. I really want to spread this. So now you're doing really well. Victor, thank you so much uh, and have a fantastic evening. It's currently mid-afternoon in Australia, by the way. <laughs> have a fantastic uh, mid-afternoon. <laughs> Thanks so much. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Victor Mincy's, as you can really tell, loves his science and sound. And how cool is it that you got to work with an orchestra? Got to love that. And I tell you what, I challenge you to try and do the same. I think it'd be awesome if you could do this. So if you want to go check out those tools that he mentioned, go to listeningtowaves.com. So listeningtowaves.com and head on over to the sound exploration tab. And there you'll find the sound tools. So you've got an oscilloscope, a signal generator, and all these sorts of other things, which will help you help kids understand how sound works now by the way he does have a twitter handle so go to at science of music one so science of music numeral one and you'll be able to hang out with victor and find out more about what he's getting up to so that is the end of this particular podcast but as usual we've got more and more stem educators and edupreneurs and everything else uh coming up throughout and if you want to hang out with me i have been on clubhouse quite a bit uh if you want to uh, go find me at, at ben newsome n-e-w-s-o-m-e and i'd love to chat with you in one of the rooms on clubhouse because yeah we can do this and it's really really fun and uh really cool to learn from everyone uh, and and, you know, love to just uh, hear what you've been getting up to. Anyway, so that is enough for this particular podcast. Have a fantastic day, evening, night, wherever you are, and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book, and more go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. aeon.net.au